This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. All right, so this is to be the week now where remote learning for Alberta students really begins in earnest. And so in the the two weeks since the cancellation of classes was announced, uh, school boards, teachers have been planning for the resumption of learning. We're obviously in an unprecedented situation. And so, you know, it's it's understandable that we're, we're not exactly sure what this is going to be like. But certainly, I think, you know, teachers have put a lot into ensuring that as best they can, they can connect with their students uh, and make sure they're able to do at least some of what they would have otherwise been doing had we still been in class. Now, when when the decision was announced to cancel classes, the education minister said at the time that school boards would still receive their, their full allotment of funding for the remainder of the school year. Well, that has changed. Uh, we learned on Saturday via a press release that that was not going to be the case, that funding was going to be adjusted, the Alberta government says, to reflect these changing conditions. And that money would be reallocated, the government says, to, uh, uh, to, to other areas in the response to COVID-19. But it's unclear then what's changed from two weeks ago when that announcement was made about keeping that funding. And it's also unclear what this is going to mean just coming two days before the resumption of remote learning. Joining us uh, to talk a bit more about all of this, very pleased to welcome the program this afternoon, Jason Schilling, uh, president of the Alberta Teachers Association. Jason, thanks for making some time for us here. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me on this afternoon. All right. Well, it seems that everyone is kind of caught off guard by this, that basically I think school boards got maybe a 15 or 30-minute heads up on Saturday. When, when did the ATA become aware of this? Roughly around the same time, there was a teleconference before the release, but uh, the release came very quickly after the teleconference was over. And was there any indication at all? I mean, like I say, I mean, two weeks ago, the minister said that that this wasn't going to happen. And then suddenly on Saturday, we learned that it is going to happen. Um, well, a lot of the things that were in the announcement, it's, pretty, it's a pretty lengthy announcement that came on Saturday. There had been conversations between the association and senior government officials to get some clarity and some consistency on the continuation learning plan that was announced a week and a half before. And we also had been talking to government about, um, you know, substitute income and uh, the ideas of working at home versus working at school and, and other things like that. Um, the final decisions, though, that came to us on Saturday um, came very quickly without much uh, conversation before that. All right. Well, look, I mean, let's talk about what this means in terms of how it affects education, because clearly this is a different kind of situation. Uh, students are learning at home. Obviously, it's it's not like it was before. I mean, is, is there anything to be said for the idea then of of looking at whether certain resources can be deployed in different ways? Do we still need the same number of people if we don't have kids in classes? How, how could this be handled? Well, I think that um, 
school is very different right now, and I've been encouraging my colleagues not to put that pressure on themselves and parents and students at home that we're recreating the classroom at home because it's going to look very different. Mm -hmm. And because it does look different, we need everybody who's working in the education system to be supporting students and parents at home. Um, that includes all members of the school system, so all the support staff who are there to assist teachers who are supporting their students at home need to be involved in this because what it looks like today might look very different two weeks from now or a month from now in terms of how education is going to work. It's very much a moving target, and we, we need to make sure that we have as many resources available to us to provide the best education we can right now under these circumstances that we're in. Yeah, and, and certainly we know about the work that educational assistants do in the classroom. Uh, the, the province seems to be uh, of the opinion that because students are not in classrooms, that there's nothing for educational assistants to do right now. But is, is that a fair way of looking at it? I think that that's furthest from the truth. Um, when I talk to my colleagues, they are busy creating lessons on multiple different technical programs and platforms that they're delivering to students who have access to that technology. Um, the assistants then are following up with uh, the students they might be working with in the class who might have accommodations of some sort to see if they understand what do they have any questions? How can we modify the assignment so that it works for them? They're contacting parents to see how things are going at home because there's a big mental health and wellness factor here. I mean, this is a scary time for a lot of people and things have changed very quickly um, for folks. And so just touching base and reconnecting those relationships back with parents and students is really important as well. And you have education assistants who work and other support staff who work with students with special needs in the school. And uh, we need to make sure that we connect with them as well because no student should be left behind or fall through the cracks because of this. And another group that's in this mix as well are students who don't have access to technology. Education assistants and other support staff at schools have been working to create packages that students would be able to pick up so that they also can continue their education so that they're ready for whenever school should resume. So where, where does this leave then, uh, all of that work and all of that planning? Well, this is my big concern and my worry is that this is going to fall um, back onto uh, teachers who are already taxed right now, onto students who are feeling immense anxiety and their parents as well. Um, I think that the the province had a real opportunity to show some leadership in this crisis by ensuring that thousands of Albertans were kept into their jobs, providing service for students and their learning, and they failed to do that on Saturday. Well, and it's interesting, too, because, you know, we have the press release on Saturday. There was no dollar figure even included in that price tag. I think it was the minister's press secretary who later uh, had, had responded to some questions saying it was $128 million. The, the, the Alberta government never said how many positions this would impact. Uh, we're still trying to figure out. I mean, it sounds like potentially, what, upwards of 20000 or more? Well, QP has indicated that there would be about 20,000 support staff. We have about 5,000 to 6,000 substitute teachers who will be affected by this decision as well. So you're looking so at 26,000 people who, who were laid off by a press release on the Internet. Yeah, on, on a Saturday. I mean, even if, if somehow, I mean, if someone wants to argue that this is all justifiable, I mean, that's not the way to announce this, right? And, no. and certainly there needs to be some further explanation then for how they reached this decision and, and what it all means. We, we haven't had that yet, have we? 
No, I've yet to hear from uh, the government on some of the clarity around these issues. And that's some of the work that we're doing this week as well, is to press the government into um, looking at some clarity around some of the things that they put in there. Like, for instance, if a teacher happens to get sick in the next two months, three months, and we lay off all the substitute teachers, who is covering off those classes for those teachers and who's assisting those students and those parents at home? Yeah, so a lot of questions going forward here. Um, mm-hmm. Jason, I guess we'll see what, what explanation we get from the Alberta government uh, about all of this. But uh, in the meantime, thanks for making some time for us here today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. All right, that's uh, Jason Schilling. He is the president of the Alberta Teachers Association. So uh, a little bit caught off guard by all of this. I think a lot of people were. I mean, especially for families then who were still trying to stay in contact with and work with those educational assistants. And even though the kids aren't in the classroom and aren't having that direct contact with the EAs, that from what I've been hearing, that there's still been that, that sort of direct support in ensuring then that, that kids would have that support that they need uh, to continue their learning through this process. So, I mean, it seems to me that this kind of a decision could have been made, but in a different way, right, to work with the school boards. If Adriana LaGrange had said two weeks ago, look, obviously school is going to change. We're going to have to adjust the funding accordingly. But let's let's take some time here and figure out how that's going to work. Can some educational assistants stay on? Can they pick up the work that some of their colleagues might have been doing to at least lend support to teachers who are trying to, to figure out how this curriculum is going to work for all of their students, how they're going to deliver this online learning? And for those that need support, is there something we can put there just to make sure there's there's that? So it didn't appear as there was any of that. So the Alberta government went from saying, no, things are going to be left as is, to all of a sudden just kind of out of the blue two days before learning was to resume to say, well, here's this big change. We're now going to throw at everybody. So I, I think it was handled rather poorly, even if you want to justify the decision. To, to, to handle it this way, to announce it this way, I think is, is the wrong way to do it. And furthermore, too, and maybe we need some explanation even from the finance minister or, or, the, or the premier, is to, are, are we in a situation now where any decision about additional resources being deployed is going to entail money coming from somewhere else? Is, is the government limited at all at this point? Do we need to revisit the budget? When they announced $500 million in new spending on, on health care in the budget, that didn't need to be reallocated from somewhere else. So are they, are they constrained in some way at this point? And also, is it fair for provinces then to be kind of pushing part of this this on to the feds it alleviates i suppose the alberta government's burden at the moment to lay off twenty thousand workers but then the feds are expected to pick that up so are we shifting the burden here and other other ways maybe that the federal government can support provinces when it comes to to the cost of those government employees anyway 403-974-8255 is our number here 974 talk we are back with more right after this Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.